when I went on stage, I literally just felt like I was home. Didn't have that, oh, I showed you mentality. I just felt powerful and nobody could touch me literally because everyone else was sitting down and the rest was <laughs> history. I was like, I got to do this again. So that was kind of the starting point of my career in fitness competitions, actually. Welcome to the Find Your Strong podcast. I'm Jennifer Van Barneveld Pay, president of Strong Fitness Magazine, founder of Team Strong Girls, and fitness coach turned fitness publisher. Each week, I'm going to give you a thought or an interview of how to build stronger bodies, stronger minds, and stronger relationships. Getting to where I am now has been nothing short of a journey of the ultimate highs and the deepest of lows. I've had my fair share of setbacks, near bankruptcy, an eating disorder, and multiple miscarriages. You name it, I lost my way time and time again. But through it all, I uncovered my purpose, which gave me the perseverance to find my strong and stay the course. I've spent more than 15 years coaching women, and I know that fitness is a vessel to help you feel strong, confident, and empowered in your body and your life. If you're looking for inspiration and motivation, you've come to the right place. You are not going to want to miss this. Hello, and welcome back to the show. On today's episode, I am chatting with a longtime friend in the fitness industry. Her name is Jill Bunny, and she is a cognitive behavioral clinician and speaker advocating total body health to women around the globe. Jill is the first health coach to develop and launch a cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, program dedicated to helping women retrain their brains for optimal, sustainable weight loss. She is also the co-owner of Reframe Your Biz, where she utilizes her skills as a former professional athlete and renowned fitness cover model to help female business owners show up in front of the camera with confidence. As a cancer survivor and MS warrior, Jill believes success in business stems from good mental health and a strong supportive community. I hope you all enjoy our chat today. I know I did. And as always, if you loved it, please take a screenshot, share it, even tag Jill, tag myself and let us know how you liked it. Enjoy guys. Welcome to the show, Jill. I am so happy to have you and actually be sitting down and chatting with you. It's been a long time. It has. I have literally been waiting for this moment for, for months now with MC Connected. So first of all, just thank you for having me on the show. And thank you for all the listeners for taking time out of their busy day to tune in. Oh, I'm so excited. Like we, we have a long history. Like we met in the bodybuilding industry mm-hmm. back in the competing days. Um, I was, you know, I never competed, but I was getting my clients up on stage. We were at the shows, you were competing, you were getting your girls up on stage. And we yeah. often just met and connected at the shows. And yeah. I always admired your champion mindset. Like you were, you were just so focused and you did amazing. Can you, can you talk about like how you started in the industry? Like, yeah, it's, it's, well, I think we always start a crazy adventure going through something. There's always a backstory, right? So any competitor that I trained to, it wasn't just my life is perfect. And now I want to go on stage and be even more amazing. I have yet to meet a competitor like that, but I'm sure there's some odd ones out there, but my story is very similar to other women that I recently was divorced at the age of 20 five. And I was the first person of family and my friends to go through a divorce. So nobody really kind of 
could help me or I felt like they couldn't help me. Hmm. So my way to get back at my husband that had an affair was I'm just going to look beautiful and strong and powerful. So I looked through a magazine back in 2011 and thought I'm going to be the girl in the magazine or I'm going to be the girl that's competing and that's going to show him. And I went on my journey. And at that time I was quite small, probably about a hundred pounds and I'm Mm -hmm. 5'11 here guys. So I I was a little, little rake, um, likely due to my divorce too. And I knew that I just wanted to look and feel strong. So I trained for six months for my first competition. And when I went on stage, I literally just felt like I was home. Didn't have that. Oh, I showed you mentality. I just felt powerful and nobody could touch me literally because everyone else was sitting down and the rest (laughs) was history. I was like, I got to do this again. So that was kind of the starting point of my career in fitness competitions, actually. I love it. I love it. And and we had like an interview back in the day, right? When you were just yeah. I think that was like your first or second show or yep. Yeah. It was the first or second one. And guys like go to like the mommy, like the, it's on the Unlike website. Mommy, it's called, a, I didn't even know it was still up, but it's called strong like <laughs> mommy. It's a blog. And I did an interview with Jill. <laughs> yep. It's a, if you type that in Jill bunny and then put like strong, it shows up. I looked at it like a few That's weeks hilarious. ago and there's some nice photos back in the day of what we used to wear for photo shoots. So have I will fun. even link it in this. Podcast. <laughs> How about that? Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> So, and then you became a coach yourself. Like, mm-hmm. were you a coach then or did, what, did you I start competing? Then- I, I was just uh, a trainer in a gym and yoga and Pilates. I say I was a credential whore. <laughs> I loved uh, getting any credential. I did it all. <laughs> and then I thought, you know what? I, I'd love to be a coach as well. So in the industry, I competed as well as building a fitness competition business for women and train them just like yourself. Uh, but I took a good year competing before I kind of dove into mm-hmm. that um, and, and did really well and competed for, I would say, five years and ended with two IFBB Arnold Classic titles, a UK Miss Olympia title, and wow. a few CBBF ones as well. So I did quite well at the so time. You didn't just compete and get up on stage. Like you made quite an impact up there. <laughs> I, I, I literally said that my goal was I want to see a sport that would give me 24 hours, seven days a week commitment. And that likely was because I wanted to avoid any pain that mentally mm. I had gone through. So I literally just focused all my attention on something else. And that was my physical beauty. And likely at that time, that's exactly what I needed to do that. I don't think I was ready to actually deal with what was upside in my head. And because of that, I literally put every ounce of chicken, literally in asparagus (laughs) and wrap into, (laughs) to being the best that I could be. Um, and looking back, no regrets that I never had that feeling of if I'd only pushed harder. So looking Mm -hmm. back, got really proud of myself for the work ethic that I put in. Yeah. Your work ethic was, um, by far one of, one of the best I've seen, you know, like you just were so focused and, mm-hmm. um, and then like, to me, like we sort of, I, I ended up sort of going off into more of a lifestyle approach. And mm-hmm. to be honest, what the more that I went to shows, the more that I even saw you and met some of the other competitors, I was like, you know what, it, this is not really me. I'm, I'm not, I, I don't even, I've not even stepped up on the stage. So mm-hmm. how can I, you know, expect my girls to how can I can continue coaching in that way? So that's where I, I sort of veered off and, and went yeah. into more of a lifestyle approach. Um, but then looking at you on the outside and then, and then you just 
stopped competing? Like what, what was, what led up to you finally saying, I'm going to step away from the stage. And I would say we get some morals and ethical (laughs) values when we become adults. Yeah, it kind of oh, they rear their ugly heads, and that's when you kind of say, okay, you know what, I I can't I can't keep doing this because it's just not in line. And I think we were on the same page. Mm-hmm. In 2016, I I'd won quite a bit. It was a lot of stress to hold that type of title again and again, and my body just wouldn't agree. It wouldn't. I I worked very hard, but I sometimes felt like I worked harder than any other athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, and just talking to them, it would be like what do you mean? You don't go to bed at eight o'clock every night. You don't like count every ounce of your food. You you know, there's no stress. Like, how do you do this? How do you go out and have a life? How can you have like other foods and not like have intolerances and not have issues with recovery? And I just couldn't understand. Mm -hmm. And it took a while, but went through um, some specialists and I was diagnosed with MS a year before I retired. So that was one indicator of why I was so tired, even though I ate a lot of food. Um, and I just couldn't have the recovery like every other competitor. So I started to understand something else was a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And through that battle as well, I knew I was coming to the end and then my relationship suffered. I'll be honest, my husband that I'm happily married to now, we even split up for seven months and some people don't know that, but he I told remember me, that you told mm-hmm. me that. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. He but he was told, still coming to your shows. He still came and was number <laughs> one support. Like that's yeah. how good of a guy he was. Yeah. And it was when I went out to the UK in 2015 and he couldn't go with me because it was only, um, part of the CPA. They took athletes, 10 of us to Liverpool to compete. And it was just the athletes. And he always said, if you keep going down the road, you're going down fully focused on just that sport, other than family and friends and other things, you are going to win your pro card all alone. Mm. And I won. And at that time we thought I won my pro card and I was all alone in the, in a hotel room. And I knew I was like, I, he said it and it's happening. And I realized through this, that the sport is great, but you know, it's, it's not family. And it will not be there for you every step of the way. And we got back together. I got my priorities straight. And I said, let's just do one last show, the Arnold, where we just love doing it at the beginning. And regardless of what happens, I'm done. Um, Glad I won because otherwise I'd be afraid I'd try and go again. And we were kind of in that stage of, oh my gosh, this is the next chapter. This is going to be amazing. I'm going to be a coach in the industry and be out and be very supportive. And then three months later, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. Wow. So not only did I go through this identity crisis of not being an athlete, I then went through thyroid issues. And like, you know, and I know you've done a few podcasts with thyroid specialists too, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. we put on weight despite doing everything that we quote unquote should. So I worked out, ate the food I should. I was a coach and I put on over 50 pounds. I still don't have many photos. So I'm like, I looked great on stage. And then six months later, I, I look like I've never lifted a weight in my life. And how can I be a coach? So I was going through this issue of, I'm not good enough. Yeah. Identity crisis almost, right? 100%. Like it was my, my thirties midlife crisis. I'm like, I'm still, at least I'm prepared for my second one now. And that's where I I thought, okay, um, I can't physically push my way through this. Like I did with my divorce. This has to come at from a different angle. And that's where I decided to go into CBT and get therapy and learn how to be friends with my brain, because obviously Mm. it was not a great relationship for a majority of my life. And 
I only have one brain and I definitely didn't want to continue another 60 years with this type of attitude that I had. Mm, I wanted to ask you like, like, so CBT, CBT is cognitive behavioral therapy and you went and seeked that help for yourself. And then you decided to get into that. Tell me about what you actually do. Yeah. So I first started out, I actually went back, I went and sought a functional medicine practitioner Mm -hmm. just for my like cancer and MS. I wanted to know the root cause of why my body at 30 was literally failing me. So I kept going back with all these questions and he said to me, why don't you go and be a functional medicine health coach? Like you keep asking (laughs) these questions. I'm like, (laughs) okay, like I I could be a competitor and put all my time to that. So I'll do that. So I actually did a one year schooling for functional medicine, health coaching. And one of the books was just a recommended reading, Dr. Burns feeling good. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it is like from the 1960s, it looks terrible. It's thick. And you'd look at it like, well, I'll just put it in a bin. And I did for an entire year of that schooling. And then I just picked it out one day and thought, ah, you know what? I'll read it. Let's see what this is all about. And that literally that changed my life because it was about CBT and changing the brain and going through mood issues and depression. And I thought, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, like this is literally training for the brain. This makes sense to me. It's empirically evidence supported too, which I like, like I'm very science-based. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to go to therapy, but I'm also going to learn from school. So I don't want to just go to a therapist. I want to know how they actually teach me. So I wanted to be my own therapist because lo and behold, I really don't like to trust people seriously (laughs) There's something there that I still have to work on. (laughs) And uh, so I went back to school and studied that for three years. Mm -hmm. And then I realized subconsciously, I was doing that with my clients in lifestyle. So I got out of the competition world, no longer trained athletes. Cause I saw what it was doing mentally mm-hmm. to clients after and said, I-, I actually can't sleep at night. If I train another athlete, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. So walked away, which is one of the hardest things to do is literally change your entire practice and everything that you believe. Um, but I did, and then started applying CBT as just like, this is going to help you stick to your chicken plan. Like quote unquote, oh. I was making a joke out yeah. of it, but yeah. <laughs> it actually started to work. And I realized I'm like, wow, this is the missing piece for weight loss. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of where I've been for five years and finishing up my master's now too. So I'll be a registered psychotherapist for CBT. And it's literally, I just see what it can do in the, in the fitness industry Mm -hmm. and also help with people with photo shoots and stuff that they want to do where they don't think that they look good enough. And it's just, it's an applicable tool that can be used in so many avenues. Oh, I love that so much, Jill. And Do you find that a lot of, um, just from based on your experience and your history with competing, do you get a lot of ex-competitors coming in your world wanting your help? Yeah. Yep. Which, you know, I'd say as long as they're ready to fully walk away Mm -hmm. and be ready for harder work than they've ever done before, then they're ready. And trust me, you can go into a gym and do a leg press and do your 45 minutes of cardio and have 800 calories I think that's hard. No, but when we start to really unravel what's going on in our head, uh, harder, but yeah. the game changes for life and new opportunities and doors open. It's, it's just scary. Yeah. 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 And do you have like a, um, I know like before, you know, when we first started in the industry, I did this too. Like we offered like 12 weeks or, you know, like yeah. sign up for eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Is this more of a long-term approach? And are you like very honest with the people coming in your 100%. world that this is going to be a longer journey? Yeah. 
It is right. And that's the, the hardest thing as coaches, right? We need to package and bundle this up in a way that hits the brain of like, oh, this is quick and I'll get the results. Like we mm-hmm. know advertising, like mm-hmm. you, everybody on here, you know, deep down, you're like, yeah, that, that shit don't work. Yeah. But I still buy it because yeah, it yeah. sounds really good. Right. So that's like the, tell the, them what they want to hear. And then when they're in the door, tell them what they need that's, to hear. That's what we, mm-hmm. we learn all the time, but mm-hmm. you know, and that, that's where we look at and say, has that worked in the past? Yeah. No. Then why do we keep doing what we're doing, expecting the same result? And that's where CBT comes in. It's a lifelong practice, just like doing bicep curls. Like if you stop going to the gym, you're not going to look good. Right. So if I stop doing my brain training, I'm not going to think very well. And that's what I've realized is these are the skills we need for a lifetime. So when I work with clients, they have the skills for their life, but it's not a 12 week transformation by any means that man, oh man, if we've lived with this brain for how many years and we think we can change something in an instant. And if we want to go to the gym or whatever we want to eat, our brain is actually what dictates that to happen. Mm-hmm. So that's the problem. We think I'll just change my behaviors. I'm like, but yeah. if your brain's unhealthy, yeah. your mind is going to be very hard to control, which means your behaviors are going to be out of whack. Right. So we really mm-hmm. have to go and think the opposite in order to make substantial changes. That's so interesting. And that's why people can't rely on that motivation, you know, cause that mm-hmm. comes and goes and it really is the action steps that is going to help you, but the, but the action steps that are right. Right. You yeah. know, you can't, but, um, that's so, that's super interesting. And do you have a community as well? Like, like how you support your women? Yeah. So yeah. it was actually a, a pretty neat experience over COVID. Mm-hmm. And what I realized everybody went zooming and <laughs> of course I went to the zoom land, but what I realized was people needed one-to-one support. Mm-hmm. right? We couldn't get it because we were kind of stuck in our houses and it was, we weren't getting that kind of vibe, like a tribe. So I went the other way around and started doing one-to-one like counseling. And that's where I noticed the biggest change was giving women that are busy, that are, are so stressed out. Cause I only train women, not that men aren't, but I, I, I only train with women yeah. that they get an hour for themselves or 30 minutes that this is for them. And this is all about them. It's not about their kids or other issues. It's like, we're focusing on you. And that is the most powerful thing to have a personal time that we can share with somebody and have our voice heard. Mm. And I notice substantial changes, right? But then it came a point where I- I'm, I'm too busy. Yeah. Like, and everyone's like, wow, yeah, that's amazing. It's terrible. It means I didn't run a business properly because I hit my capacity. And then what happens when we're so overwhelmed, we know this, we go through burnout, we go through like compassion fatigue. And I had it, it was just like, yep. Another this person is during COVID during COVID. Yeah, yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. my husband's a firefighter. So he dealt with a lot of suicides, but it was, that mm-hmm. wasn't uncommon on a weekly basis to mm-hmm. come in this house and talk about that. And I knew that that had to change because somebody's life is important. But when you hear it on a daily, almost weekly basis of someone passing at some point, it, you become numb to it. Mm-hmm. And I realized I'm like, okay, this isn't the way that I can continue doing for 30 years of, you know, six hours of coaching and what happens when things open back up and I want to go and travel. And I, I do think that there had to be a different approach and luckily hired somebody to help. And it was kind of a different way that we end up doing coaching as in, you know, you get your modules, you get your videos, you start to learn, you do the work because half the yeah. time we show up and we're <laughs> passive and having a coaching call every day that anybody mm-hmm. can go on that's part of the community and they show up with their worksheet, like their actual work done. They share their screen for their 10 minutes if there's 10 people on 
and they get actual help that's specifically for them in that moment. And other people can listen and start to, to learn as well. And that has literally transformed in a new way for a community where we get to hear other people, get mm. to see them do the work, but we're not just being passive. Yeah. And I found that that yeah. was the thing on a lot of the Zoom calls where people would just sit and listen and do absolutely nothing. Yeah. And week after week, they show up the exact same way, but they're not doing the work. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a different way. So that's kind that's of the cool. new community vibe yeah. and kind of shifting and changing and getting CBT available to women and to health coaches as well that say, yeah, I want to start applying this in my mm-hmm. actual work. Mm-hmm but I don't have time for a 20 minute call once a week, or I have something to do, but I know I can get on those calls once a day if I can make it. And I get the help specifically for what I need. It's changed the game. And yeah. it's allowed me to have some freedom too. Fancy and do that. you host them all and you, or you have somebody else to host too? So I do them and I've do a certification program too, for CBT for health coaches and awesome. the top notch women that I see leading the field have now come into my coaching practice, just like yours and have become coaches and have ours as well. So that's kind of the change and shift that we're hoping to have is just being, having CBT readily available for health Mm -hmm. and fitness Mm -hmm. and also doing the work. Like Mm -hmm. I just want women to know that if they want to lose weight, you have to do the work. Yeah. And if you want to do the work, it has to start with the brain prep. It can't just be cooking chicken and going to the gym and wonder why yeah. you're not getting results. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's sort of when that happens where people are just looking for the next program. Okay. The next program yep. is going to save me. No mm-hmm. programs are the- usually pretty good. You can open up a magazine and get a pretty great program <laughs> in the Strong's magazine. has <laughs> got amazing programs. <laughs> I say that, that if we had the skills, we shouldn't even pulling up an old program. Like I've had clients Absolutely. that have come great coaches And I always say, Hey, let's use their program for four weeks. Let's put some CBT and let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. And I have actually had women do that and go back to their coaches because it was the right program. Wow. Yeah. And that's a success. That is a success. I say to anyone, if you can apply old programs, they should work. Or my hope is that the diet that you're on is the last diet you'll ever go on because this is just a way of living. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, I love that jelly. Hey, I just wanted to take a little one minute pause and share with you that this episode is brought to you by my sponsors, Pure Vita Labs, makers of my very favorite protein powder. Go to pvl.com to get 20% off your purchase using my code STRONGGIRLS20, all one word, all caps. That's pvl.com and discount code STRONGGIRLS20. I know that you've been doing some other things. Like what, what else is exciting? Like you have. Oh, um, wow. Let's, let's talk about reframe here. If uh, anybody on here is kind of checked out our Instagram, we have some funny videos, but (laughs) I actually owe so much to strong for meeting my best friend. So when my cover came out in 2016 about CBT and my thyroid cancer journey, Kristen Crowley, she's in Virginia Beach. She's a TV personality. She used to be um, an anchor for traffic control. Just an amazing woman. She reached out on Instagram, was like, I saw your, I read your story. It's so inspiring. I'm going through some thyroid issues as well. And we just kind of chatted. And that was that. And literally two months later, we happened to be in Arizona for James Patrick's Fitposium. And I wasn't there for that. I was there for something else. But she kind of showed up on my Instagram feed in Arizona. And I just decided to message her. And I said, Hey, like, 
are you in Arizona? And she goes, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, well, let's grab a coffee. And we had a Starbucks and within 20 minutes, it literally was like serendipity, like a blind date that you're like, oh my gosh, this is the person is like for be. my life. <laughs> so I just knew she was my best friend and we didn't know what we were going to do. We just wanted to be around each other. Oh. And in that process, we had another company reach out and said, could you guys do retreats? And we're like, or for herself. And she goes, I know the person I want to do it with. So we signed up with them. They ended up being fraudulent. Oh no. And, oh yeah. So we're like, we can, uh, yeah. Yeah. 2016, 2017, 2019. Oh, 2019. Yeah. So we thought we could do this ourselves. And we kind of just were spitfalling, like, what could we do? What are our expertise? And she can speak in front of a camera. Let's just say that Mm -hmm. taught me how to do that. And I'm like, I've been in front of the camera a few times with UV covers. I think we could help some fitness brands out and actually getting photos that represent their brand. Mm -hmm. So we created a company. (laughs) <laughs> Lo and behold, um, and even through the pandemic where we couldn't actually do our photo shoot retreats, which was what we we're after, we continued on Zoom every single day building our tribe. And this year we were finally able to do two of them where we literally create a year's worth of content in two days for fitness professionals. So they can actually get photos with women, right? So that's the worst thing is you think, I don't have the money to spend $20,000 with a set, with getting models in. It's so expensive. Yeah. Yeah. But you know this, that if you want to create a brand that shows what you do, you have to actually show it. So for a health coach, we can't just take pictures and selfies and think that's going to really convert to clients. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's what we've kind of created. And we've noticed such a big impact with women that have joined in our retreats and their brands have taken off. And the really cool thing is I get to apply CBT to that, which I said earlier, where a lot of women think I need to be shredded. Yeah. I'm a health coach. I got to be shredded. I'm going to get clients. Like totally. I was there. I, I will admit I'm like, yeah. I want to be shredded. I'll get the clients, but unless our clients are competitors yeah. and they're 45 or 50 that I work with that have self-image and maybe just want to lose five pounds. They don't need to see abs. No. And they're no. all, yeah, they're oh. often a little bit scared. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, and it's, it's like relatable or it's mm-hmm. just saying, Hey, this is who I am. Yeah. And it's showing that to the health coaches that actually the game has changed when it comes to marketing and they can show up as their authentic self. And really that the only thing that's stopping us with the court, we're not an Apple corporation, right? Like we're, we're, we're solopreneurs. So when we have crap going on in our life, it's going to show up in our business. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. means that we're not actually going to take action on what things that we have to do. So CBT alone has helped me in my own businesses, when I feel get stuck or I'm like, I can't do this. And we just end up procrastinating that it actually can help us forge forward. So I usually apply that into anybody that kind of joins our tribe. That's amazing. Jill. I love that mm-hmm. you say that you don't have to have abs or be shredded. I tell this to my clients all the time, mm-hmm. because a lot of my girls that I work with, they want to get into the magazine. They, they want to be featured. They want to get their story out there and they are. And, and then that self-talk is like, but I need to be this way first. No, you don't nope. changing the game of what a fitness model is. And it's being yeah. your, your authentic self. You can show up the way you are. Yeah. And it's, I always say it in like CBT, the biggest thing is to look at evidence that supports it or refutes it. So unless we stop that cycle and say, well, actually what evidence says that I need to be shredded. I honestly don't know who ever told me that. <laughs> I just assume that. Yeah. Like I'm like, yeah, I gotta be shredded. I see a few, you know, covers and they've got abs. 
But actually, if you look back at them, even when we were doing it in 2016, yeah. they yeah. don't have shredded abs. No, no. At all. But yeah. we think it what the shredded abs are. And then it kind of gets more extreme as we're in yeah. it a bit longer. Yeah. But when we look at it, you talk to any, you know, talk to you. You're the chief owner of the magazine. <laughs> Do I have to be shredded? I'm no, going to ask you that question. No, there we go. No, We've got not, the evidence. And, and often, <laughs> and often times when somebody is too shredded, it changes their face. And yeah. We want to have a, a nicer look, you know, like you don't mm -hmm. want to have a gaunt face and, and uh, have that affect everything. Not that, not that, you know. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's depending on what the magazine is, yes. but I know that strong is all about community, all about family. And this is something that I always ask my clients or, you know, maybe they're more restrictive or we knew, we know, we do things that likely aren't the safest. And as soon as we take ourselves out of the equation and we say, would I allow my daughter to do that? Like what I want my daughter to be on the cover of a magazine, eating 800 calories and saying that I'm healthy and drinking no water. Yeah. And exactly. drinking absolutely yeah. no yeah. way. Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. where we look at it and say, who are the people that we attribute to? Who, who yeah. are we influenced by? And, you know, who are great role models and the people that you put on the cover, you could flip through every single one. They look healthy. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's one thing we really need to hit home on for anyone listening is really just looking at who they are, they're healthy women. And that's the most inspiring thing that we can help younger girls that are kind mm -hmm. of coming into this industry, mm -hmm. that they're not making the same mistakes as, uh, well, you and I did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and that's one of the, you know, that I get a lot of my girls up and, and ready for photo shoots. And that's mm -hmm. one of the criteria is I hope that they, I, 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 I say that I don't want them doing any tricks. Mm -hmm. I would just want them to be in shape, happy and healthy. And that's part of their story too, because if they had to do a water cut or if they had to, you know, mm -hmm. go on 800 calories or, you know, go get off carbs, that's not a really great story to be sharing and promoting. Yeah. And, you know, um, I, lo I love that you brought that up because, mm -hmm. oh man, I, I wish some people could do it anonymously because no one's going to put their name to it, <laughs> but write a story, how they got ready for a, for a photo shoot. It'd be very interesting. Yes. Put anonymous. So we don't, we don't put a name to it, but you know, we've That's all done a things. great idea. <laughs> I could write some, but you look at it, you say, what was I thinking? Mm -hmm. Right. And you kind of look at it now, you and I shoot. I said the most freeing experience was just going and doing a photo shoot. Just show up, just show showing up and not up. having to yeah. say I'm eight weeks out. I've got an extra training session. I'm not having water. I'll kind of cut it like that was yeah. really difficult. And I would say that that's not inspiring the, to share. <laughs> absolutely no way. And I'll say second of all, you can look at the photos I go back, but now that I understand the brain a bit more, I look at facial like expressions and emotions. I look dead in the face or exhausted and you're putting a smile, but I look at, cause I know what I was feeling. I'm like, mm -hmm. sure. The body looks great, but there's nothing going on up there. Mm -hmm. Whereas now I see with people with energy and they're showing up to their shoots, like that's what we're after. You can see yeah. that sparkle in the eye. I'm like, you can't fake that. So no. if you have no food in you, trust me, you're not going to get at a sparkle, even if beaming lights are on at you. No, you are no. totally right. You are totally right. And when is reframe? You're going to do another, you're doing another retreat, right? We That's are. So we are going to Tulum Ooh. and I love it. you know where you put everything into fruition. So we picked this property. Oh my gosh. Two years ago. Um, yeah, it's literally like a dream come oh. true with infinity pool, three, three pools, two houses, all connected in a compound. Like it just, 
jaw dropping. Every inch of it is like Instagram worthy, but just so nice. I I just couldn't believe it. And we were sitting there. Oh, a week after we got back from Arizona photo shoot, we said, you know what? Like we want to do this house, but it's ridiculously expensive. And that would be like, you know, small steps that businesses make as in maybe 2023. And we kind of sat back and said, we tell our clients and tribe members to go all in with their business, stop holding back and hesitating and risking and saying, well, maybe we're not going to get enough people. Are we really ready? And we said, we're being hypocrites. Mm. No. So we went and did it. So we just said no more all in. So we ended up securing that location, um, which it was amazing to get that content for an entire year. And I say that was the biggest change for myself where I think you and I both did a ton of photo shoots throughout a year. Like we would do 10 or 12 at least. I don't think I did that many, but (laughs) I told you when I go all in, I like to do them all. (laughs) You were all in there. Yeah. And I, 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 I would do one, one, sometimes two every season. Yeah. But still, okay. that's a you, lot. You were, yeah. you, you, you were a little bit, you know, yeah, yeah. You handled that a little bit more, more better conservative. than me. I guess I had kids too. So that's true. I have <laughs> no kids, pregnant. but <laughs> I literally would every month I, I'd wanted to do it. And sure. It was great marketing material, but I literally didn't have a plan going into a photo shoot. Yeah. I would just be like, yeah, look good. Let's yeah. go take some more photos for Instagram and they'll convert. Sure. They did. But do I think that they converted to the best that they could? Absolutely. No way. Knowing what I know now. Mm-hmm. And it's also that, do I want to go and shoot pictures of just myself continuously in front of a white background and spending yeah. money? I'm like, what am I doing? Like, there yeah. are more important things to be doing in my business, although not as fun. I still have to do them. And that's where I realized like, let's get everything that we need for an entire year of Valentine's of Christmas of balloons, like all those things that we don't think of you get them all done. And watching the women that went, were here in Arizona in September and their photos are incredible. I'm like, that's the way to do it. You just get it done. And then you can work on things that are actually going to generate income, income. in your business yeah. that yeah. taking photos are great, but we can't be doing that every month no. if we want a successful business to run. I love that. And it's, it's so important to plan, right? I mean, I did the same. I went into photo shoots and didn't really have a plan. And then Mm -hmm. at the end I was like, shoot, I should have grabbed this or, you know, a week later, Oh, I needed this. So it's all about, you know, setting up a plan for yourself. Planning and talking to someone too. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, like who, like what we say in reframe is who's your most valuable payers, Mm -hmm. like who pay you the money. Right. So it's saying, well, what do they think of? What are their frustrations? What are their fears? Like really what's going on? And really understanding that exact client, because whoever they are, there's probably hundreds of thousands of them. So you'll never run out. And what I see in the fitness industry a lot is that we keep coming up with different plans. So they're generalists that like, I do weight loss. I do postnatal. I do adrenal. I do thyroid. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. How how can you do do everything? (laughs) I've been there. I was like, I did it all, but I was a generalist and going through thyroid issues. I didn't want somebody that did all that. I just wanted a thyroid specialist. So I'm like, I want the person that is the best of that to help me. That's what shifted my focus of saying, why are we trying to do all these things and cater to everybody? Because we don't want to leave someone out. We don't want to offend somebody. It's time to offend people in the right way of saying, I don't service you. This is the exact client I work with. I love working with them. I know what they're thinking. I know I can get them results. And then you don't have to make a program every gosh darn month because you have a system. 
and all you're doing is marketing and funneling it for that one type of client that has changed the game for me because I have my, my neuro slim program. We have our brand image Academy. We, we have it. It's now marketing it and coaching and doing the work that's actually going to solicit those results. It's when we're so scatterbrained and we're picking up this program now, shed program, this we're never getting anywhere. We're launching a program after building it all and expecting everybody at the floodgates to open, but you actually haven't planned or done the photos to strategically market it. And I'm like, if you're a specialist, you win and you can charge way more money, which you should be doing if you are a special in that field. Yeah. Yeah. And people appreciate when you say like, you're not the person for them. They really appreciate you. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, I have a lot of girls that are just getting into coaching. So sometimes it is a matter of fact of taking on clients and figuring out who they really want to work with. Yeah. I think that's the best way. Yeah. Like when you're starting out, I I didn't know, but I know now who I now, you know, and you get that cringe. I'm like, Mm -hmm. if you don't know when I start out, you'll take it. And then I, I, my stomach just cringes. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, money won't, it's not going to help that person. So you could pay me X amount, but a, you're probably not going to show up. And that just bothers me more than anything. Yeah. Or it's just that they're not succeeding. And we, as coaches have to take responsibility for that. We oftentimes will blame them saying, well, they just didn't do the work or they Mm -hmm. weren't the right client. They weren't the right client. We should have known that and and put them into the right hands for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I love everything that you're doing, Jill. I just love hearing about your journey. Um, I always ask this at the end. I think you know this if you've listened to my <laughs> podcast before, but what does the word strong mean to you? Oh, I, I thought of that one before this <laughs> and it would have been very different a few years ago. It would have been aesthetics, um, but I would say strong to me now is my brain, that mm-hmm. it is the strongest thing. It is the only thing that's keeping me going. And I would say the second part to that is being able to ask for help. That is a strong thing to be vulnerable and say, Hey, I don't know everything, or I'm scared. I'm afraid. Can you help me? And I would say learning about CBT made me strong and then hiring coaches that could help me see my weak points made me strong. So hands down, ask for help. (laughs) I love that. I learned that too. I think Mm -hmm. you learn that with age. Yep. Aged comes wisdom a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule and chatting with me today. I look, I look forward to connecting with you more finally. And, um, thanks again. I'm, I'm sure all of our listeners are just going to love our chat together. I really appreciate you, Jill. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jen. And that's a wrap on another episode. Guys, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I just love being able to share these strong stories and thoughts with you. And I hope you were able to take away a piece of inspiration from today. If there's one favor I could ask, please keep sharing, post a screenshot, share a direct link with a friend or post a review and help spread the word so more people can tune in and find their strong. And if you ever wanted to subscribe to our Strong Fitness Magazine and get the physical copy mailed to your doorstep for more inspiration and motivation, I will include the link in the show notes and please feel free to use my Strong Girl 3 discount code to save. Guys, I cannot wait for the next show. I'm Jennifer Van Barneveld Pay. Take care and stay strong.